Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful um, Wednesday evening. <laughs> Trust you're doing well. Sorry for the uh, uh, putting my hand in the camera there. I'm trying to uh, uh, get this going on our website. We, me and Greg fooled with it earlier, and for whatever reason, it's uh, wanting to be ornery on me this evening. It was working earlier. We tested two or three times, and the live feed was working. And now, for whatever reason, it's decided it doesn't want to. So I'm going to try to fool with this here just a little bit. I do hope everybody's doing well today, and I hope everybody's had a good day. I know it's been a wet and nasty day, and I think we'll have a rerun of that again tomorrow. And uh, so hopefully everybody will uh, 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 stay safe and uh, dry and all that good stuff. But I uh, hope everybody's had a good day. I, uh, I know Wednesday's... Uh, a lot of people are excited that it's uh, that uh, midweek uh, hump to get over. You know, like that old commercial, uh, what is today? It's hump day. <laughs> so, but uh, trying to fix this here. I apologize. I'm trying to do two things at one time and uh, try this again. I do not know. I've restarted the computer. I have done everything I know to do. Uh, Greg told me to check out here let me try it again and see if maybe this things are working and a humming here I'll give it just a second but uh but yeah if you have any prayer requests put those in the comment sections if you don't mind here and i see that my mother-in-law already hashed that she's got several unspoken prayers tonight uh, and so if you all have any other uh prayer concerns be sure to put those in as uh, i am talking and uh again i apologize i'm gonna keep putting my hand in the camera there and i'm sorry about that and uh well, I don't know what to do. I've done everything in the world I know to do, and uh, uh, I say people won't be able to watch online. And now, tell people, uh, Greg and I was discussing this, and uh, when you go to the website, uh, if you scroll down, and of course, if you go to the first part of the website, you'll see over there to the right, watch live, but if you scroll up a little bit, you'll see the Facebook. And tell people if they don't have Facebook, they can still watch the video right there because it's public. So anybody can watch it. You don't have to have Facebook to watch that. So I don't know if some people realize that or not. But uh, so anyway, I, I hate this isn't working uh, like it's supposed to this evening, but I've done all that I can do. So, But uh, thank you, Miss Fran. She's Mrs. Pear, such a sweetheart. She said she liked my hair. Well, thank you. My, that will make my wife very happy to hear that. So I appreciate that compliment. I really do. You... You would think my mother-in-law uh, sitting right there would have said something, but I'm glad you were nice enough too. So, well, let's go ahead and read our opening scripture uh, this evening. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine. So, let me bring that up here. Ephesians two, eight through nine. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works. So that no one may boast. All right. Blessed as me old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. And uh, Miss Kimberly says, yes, unspoken and a family member with COVID and debilitating anxiety. I'm sorry to uh, good evening, Mr. Trailer. Sorry to hear that, Kimberly. And uh, I, uh, I hate to, anybody trying to fight this old COVID mess. It's a, it's a nightmare right now. And uh, a lot of people, it's amazing the amount of people who's battling that. Uh, I was uh, reading some comments um, under some of these people um, commenting under like Liberty Bell who shut down, Carter County Schools, Washington County's decided to go virtual the next couple of days. And uh, somebody literally wrote on there, uh, uh, this, this virus isn't real. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I understand if you don't want to wear a mask, that's on you, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's between you and God, and, you know, I hate wearing them too, but to say this doesn't exist, uh, I just, uh, that, that kind of took me by surprise there a little bit, but uh, in the debilitating anxiety, there's a lot of people uh, that uh, fights that more than others realize, and the only thing that's going to uh, help that is just, uh, of course, medication can help, obviously, but, uh, but really just be showing that dependence on the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to get through that. That's why we see in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to be anxious for nothing. I mean, clearly. And uh, so uh, uh, tell your family members and uh, those who are 
battling that anxiety, uh, they are not alone. Uh, you know, I think some people think that when they're battling depression or anxiety, that uh, they're, you know, it feels like you're the only one. You know, sometimes you feel like, is there something wrong with me? You know, and then it makes the anxiety worse. But trust me, you're not. Uh, I have to fight anxiety. I have to fight depression. Uh, you know, I, um, uh, for my wife can tell you, for I uh, went to the ministry, I battled anxiety. Uh, big time I was even put on like a Fexer and uh, Seroquel things like that, but um, and, and I'm not saying there's not a need for that, but it's just that uh, the Lord has had to get me to a place to realize that um, you know instead that anxiety was me trying to have control, and uh, and the only one who's ultimately in control is Christ, and and so that's why we get that that's why we read that in Philippians four six and seven. Uh, that that's the peace of, of God that surpasses all understanding. So we give out all over to God. He removes that anxiety. And then we read on uh, verse uh, 13 of Philippians 4 uh, is, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So when you start feeling that anxiety, uh, that's when we have to have to redirect, refocus. As soon as you start feeling that build up, we can't focus on it. All right, because as soon as you start giving into it, it it's going to escalate. But as soon as you, you feel that anxiety, like, nope, Jesus helped me to have the strength, uh, helped me not to focus on those fears, worries, and concerns, but instead helped me to redirect my full attention on you and uh, give me your strength and give me your peace and find something to keep to occupy the mind, uh, to stay busy, read scripture, quote scripture, and that's the only way you can fight. You'll have good days, you'll have bad days, but one thing's for sure, you just have to take it a day at a time and give it to the Lord. And, I, and you know, I am... Um, I didn't mean to have a little mini sermon there, but it's just that there are a lot of people. And in fact, even Fox News uh, said, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, uh, particularly with this election, uh, they said stress and anxiety right now is at an all-time high. So that's why uh, I felt like it was, a, uh, you know, there's sometimes, you know, that's why I tell the teachers, um, you know, when we were able to have classes, uh, that you may, you may have a lesson prepared. But look for those teaching moments because, say, if a kid pulls out a chair from underneath another kid, hey, right there's a teaching moment. You explain to them, hey, why do we not do that? Why do we, you know, how do we honor God? Is that honoring God? You know, you have a lesson right there. Well, just like this, you know, there's a lot of people out there dealing with anxiety, whether it's family-related, bill-related, whatever it may be. Uh, there's a lot of people dealing with that, and and that's why I felt the 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 need to take a. Um, uh, uh, a brief minute and to expound on that uh, because it is important and that's why it's very important as I was talking about this morning uh, I referenced 2 Timothy 1 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind so uh, so when you feel that anxiety man scripture is that's why it's the, the word that's why it's referred to as the sword that's how we fight back that's why we put on that uh, full armor of God and have uh, that that shield that sword of the spirit, uh, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of, of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, uh, shod with the preparation of peace. We are armed and we are ready. And so when those things come, those fiery darts come, we can fight back. And God gives us those tools, but we have to depend upon him first. So there you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to go into all that, uh, but I hope that helped. Uh, Mr. Taylor says a couple unspoken prayer concerns. Uh, David Feather says prayers for all with China virus. Um, Martin Lifford says pray for our country and the upcoming election. And David Feather said, uh, uh, I want one of those shirts made extra large. I don't know. I've had this for a while. I don't know if we got any left, David, but if we do, I'll be sure to tell mom to, to pull you one out and get you one there. And, uh, Kim said exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, we'll definitely, uh, try to get you a shirt there, David. Well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for this opportunity and the ability to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you uh, for all that you do for us. Lord, thank you uh, for never giving up on us. Lord, it's, uh, we mess up so much each and every day, and it's easy to think, well, why would God want to keep loving me? And, you know, the bottom line is your love is unconditional. Your love is eternal. And praise God for that. And Lord, I don't want to lift up all these. There's a lot of people that I have seen who are uh, fighting uh, for their lives right now. And uh, this this virus is real. And uh, Lord, I pray that you bring healing. I pray that you be with Jerry Ball, who's at this very moment fighting this terrible virus right now. And uh, so many others I've seen on Facebook. 
Uh, Lord, I pray to be with uh, David Stennett, who's in uh, the VA right now, dealing with some heart issues. I pray to be with Roger Winters. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with the unspoken concerns that uh, our mother-in-law has lifted up. I pray to be with Kim's prayer concerns about the COVID and family members with anxiety. Lord, I pray that you be with Mr. Trailer's uh, prayer concerns and uh, Fran Pear, her sisters. I pray that you be with David Feathers and Linda Feathers and his prayer request. I pray that you be with Mr. Roger Winters. I pray that you be with Kim Penix, Wendy Lee, Ron Thompson. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Jane Kitchings. And uh, Lord, just uh, be with all those who are watching this evening and that you'll watch over and protect them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate all y'all. appreciate y'all. Yo, ho, ha. <laughs> talk today and uh, you won't see me looking down periodically and i apologize i'm, I'm still trying to fool with this website uh it's the craziest thing it, it me and greg worked with this earlier worked i mean every single time it worked without hesitation and it, you know, it's just the old devil he just don't want the word going out that's what it boils down to and so i'm trying to stop this start it stop it start i've restarted the computer i'm doing all this stuff and uh, just still can't seem to get it to work properly, so I apologize. I'll try this again here. He told me to start and stop it a few times, and uh, so anyway, while it's doing that, um, I was going to tell you. Oh, uh, don't forget uh, the the Harvest Festival being canceled for this weekend because of all this COVID mess, and I I hated it. I really did. That's why I originally wasn't even planning on doing it because of COVID, but it seemed like everything was leveling off. In fact, I was about to, at the point where I was like, I think it's about over. And then all of a sudden, here it comes, spiking again uh, in a major way. I think that uh, uh, probably made some people mad today because I wasn't real happy with the, uh, the um, uh, powers that be in Washington County. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I just worry about these kids. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, there's kids out there who, who struggle with virtual stuff. And then you've got, uh, then, but then if you, you take the risk, send them to school and, uh, they get sick or they bring it home to an elderly person or someone with underlying health issues and, and they could die. It's just, it is a tough call. It really is. But uh, I just didn't feel like they were making much of an effort at all. <laughs> so I kind of voiced my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah, so we won't be having our Harvest Festival. Um, of course, you know, I still do my uh, morning devotions every morning at 6.15. Uh, we'll have uh, Sunday morning service from 11 to 12, and of course uh, we're, we're going to go back to online only on Sunday evenings uh, at six at six o'clock and Wednesdays at seven. Uh, it's just that um, the main reason being, even though we're, there's not a lot of people that show up on Sunday, I do have underlying health issues, and I do have a very low immune system, and so um, I can't risk it. I mean, coming Sunday morning is 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 a little risky. But I'd kind of step front away from everybody. But that gives time after everybody leaves to, to get the sanctuary cleaned up for the following Sunday. And, and my dad, he just he's a worry wart. He's worried that trying to me being exposed to people twice in one day like that is is pushing the envelope. So uh, he was uh, very encouraging uh, to uh, go back to online. So I apologize um, for any inconvenience. And um, let's see here, hold on, I'm going to try to look one more time and see if uh, this is running. Hold on here. I'm sorry guys I, uh, and gals, I don't mean to waste anybody's time, but I'm just trying to make sure, see if we can get this sucker to push out there. And nothing, darn. Well, don't know what to do. Well, let's onward we shall go. Let's look at Titus chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 3 through 8. So if you have your Bibles handy, and I trust that you do, and you are eager to learn and dive into God's Word this evening, and we're going to look at Titus chapter 2, all right? So I'll bring that up in case you're in a position where you don't, don't have your Bible readily available. Titus 2, verses 6 through 8, likewise... Urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. All right. Bring this back up here. Let's wait another have another quick word of prayer, if we may. 
Therefore, Lord, again, we come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you again for allowing us to come together and meet this evening. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that um, your word will go out, uh, that it will touch hearts and minds, that it will be uh, that we will be edified, that we will be equipped. Most importantly, that we will be glorified uh, and uh, or glorify you rather uh, in in your word this evening. Uh, Lord, help us to always be eager. Help us to always be uh, in a perpetual state of growth and always willing to serve you. Lord, lead us and guide us, direct us this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, I, um, I want to I keep, keep on trying on this website here, so overlook me. Now, uh, we see here, now up to this point, of course, we were talking about uh, the Christian character uh, of older men uh, and uh, of older women, uh, younger women. Uh, and we were talking about um, uh, to avoid gossiping. Uh, to uh, uh, to for the older women to help show younger women uh, maybe how to do a simple household chores. You know, there's a lot of young people out there who do not have uh, basic life skills. They don't know how to do laundry. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to take care of a home. And so that's where uh, the older women could come in to teach the younger women some of these uh, life skills that uh, maybe they didn't hadn't learned. And uh, and and I think I'm guilty of that too. You know, I, there's a lot of times that maybe I could. Let my taught my kids how to do something, but instead I done it myself because I just didn't want to aggravate them. And uh, and then there's some parents out there they work their little fingers to the bone. So you know it's uh, uh, it's depending on where you live at and what what kind of parents you got is uh, you can either be thanking God or you'd be like <laughs> see the mama coming going oh Lord please don't make her leave me alone. <laughs> so so I don't know which kind of home you're in, but uh, <laughs> your prayer life may be enhanced. Uh, Big time. But anyway, tonight we're going to look at, um, tonight we're going to look at verse 6. It says, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Now we see that um, uh, that uh, wording, self-controlled. We see that in uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 8, uh, where it says, um, uh, Be hospitable, lover of good, self-controlled. Uh, we see that in two, chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, where it says um, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled. We see that again. We see that in verse 5, to be self-controlled, first thing, pure, working from home. And then we'll see it again, in our, and we continue our study, in verse 12 of chapter 2, uh, where it says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled. So we see that several times uh, that Paul is trying to, to push that, whether it be the older men, uh, the women, uh, young men. Uh, so we, we see that time and time again, that that's an area that we need to work on. Uh, you know, it is, uh, I don't think it, it goes without saying that uh, young people, particularly teenage boys, are, uh, uh, are high-strung and more eager to take chances uh, than someone uh, who's got a little age behind them. You know, and it is, uh, in fact, um, there's a book that was written about the Grand Canyon. I can't remember the, the title of it. Um, I can't remember if I wrote it down or not. But um, I'm trying to think here. Trying to, let's see. I don't think I wrote it down. But anyway, uh, what they're referring to is that at the Grand Canyon, the death rate among young men is far higher uh, because uh, they're, they're, they're more likely to risk and take chances and they're not used to the environment and uh, uh, of, of the area there, and so that creates a lot of uh, a lot of deaths. In fact, it wasn't that long ago they had a story about a young lady who was there at the Grand Canyon and uh, was at a uh, I guess like at a touristy part of the of the canyon there, and she was at the rail to take a selfie. Apparently, she leaned too far back and she died. But uh, but young men are. Uh, can be full of passion and uh, and can be uh, uh, take a lot of wild chances. And I I remember you know we our, our my need for speed has uh, uh, diminished a little, <laughs> not not as much as my wife would probably prefer. But uh, you know we as, as a young man I would uh, take a lot of stupid chances, and it's it's by the grace of God uh, that I wasn't killed. I mean really I I remember being out with some friends of mine. And uh, uh, I remember my friend Cecil, uh, he was driving away back from Mount City, and he would literally be driving 
on the wrong side of the road going around curves thinking it was funny. And I'm telling you, now that did scare me. That part, that one did scare me. But it's by the grace of God, there was nobody uh, on the other side of that uh, curve. At, uh, but it, 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 it killed them, killed us, or both. Uh, but see, that's just the, that's the problem with younger people. They don't always think about the consequences. They're always grounded in experience, uh, like some uh, uh, old man like me. You know, I'm hard to believe I'm going on 48 years. I'll be 48 in December. It don't seem possible. It just it don't. I mean, I, I just uh, I just feel like I was just 28 last year, and then now all of a sudden I'm 48. I mean, it just seems like time goes by way too fast, and. And mentally, my wife would tell you I'm about 12. So, you know, and that's being generous. <laughs> so, but I, uh, so, you know, but uh, experience counts for a lot. But it is, uh, it takes a split second to destroy a reputation. You know, that's one thing I try to tell, I've tried to tell my wife, my um, uh, son, I've tried to tell my daughter that, uh, you know, one little mistake can affect your whole life. You know, I know it don't seem fair. Uh, it is, you know, it, it don't seem right, but you can, one little mistake can ruin your whole reputation, can ruin your whole life. There's a lot of young men who's done stupid things, not thinking, spend a lifetime in jail, you know, just, uh, you know, and it, it, one little bobble, uh, and not even mean it, and, and something bad happened. And, you know, and it kind of goes without saying, you know, once that reputation's ruined, it's hard to build that back up again. You know, and that goes to, that's even true within the Christian community, uh, even true within, uh, among um, uh, evangelical Christians and churches. Look at how the um, the church in and of itself has got a bad reputation. You see, you know, you've got the, the Roman Catholics, and of course they've, uh, you know, they're known for, sadly, for uh, child molestation. And uh, then you've got the the, the bakers and, and uh, all these other uh, people who've, who've just cast a, a, a shadow, a, a, what am I looking for, uh, uh, I don't know, a shadow, whatever, on Christianity, or it's hurt Christianity. But see, people don't understand that. See, they, they lump uh, Catholicism and Christianity in the same thing. And so, you know, when you, so when you start talking about church, uh, they say, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to be a part of something that uh, molests children. Uh, or I'm not going to, to uh, take advantage of the poor so I can be rich. You know, they use these excuses as uh, not to uh, to attend church. And I've had it said to me point blank on uh, social media, those very words that I've just told you about, because of those who have taken advantage. You know, I uh, you, you got the Joel Osteens, you got uh, Joyce Myers and uh, their gold toilet and, you know, all these kind of things. And so it, it, it puts a bad, I've even had people condemn Billy Graham. And I thought, what? Said that, uh, said he bilked um, millions from people. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> he didn't do that. He had a salary uh, that he took. And, and, uh, and he, he, in fact, he was very self-conscious about uh, what he got paid. Uh, if you've ever read his uh, book, his biography, I, I read it. And he, uh, that was, uh, he wouldn't like that uh, when it comes to uh, financial matters. And uh, so it blows my mind people say that. But they're just doing that uh, to um, sidetrack from the fact that, you know, they're trying to make an excuse uh, not to go to church. And so uh, the church has gotten a bad reputation. And so that's why we have to work even harder as Christians to show Christian character uh, in order to draw people to Jesus Christ. And, and so that, uh, we want to, you know, that's why I always try to tell people, when you put something on Facebook, is it going to repel someone from God or is it going to draw somebody to God? And uh, now there could be those, those gray areas, may not always be black and white, just like today I was uh, made uh, in a, my uh, opinion known on how I felt uh, uh, how the, the school board meeting went last night and uh, had a lot of agreement, had a few disagreements, but you know, that wasn't really, uh, I did come under attack, uh, but um, uh, I just blew it off, I didn't really care. But that's one thing as a Christian, we're going to come under attack, you know, it, it, just expect it. You know, when you try to live for the Lord, people are going to try to bring you down. But, you know, when you, but I've seen a lot of people post stuff, and I've told you this before, you know, I don't agree with abortion. I don't agree with homosexuality. And it's not just that I don't agree with it. It's what God's Word says uh, in, uh, in accordance to uh, certain cultural issues that try to make it normal that we know is wrong. Now, obviously, uh, abortion wasn't uh, uh, a topic of the day 
during Jesus' time, but we understand the value of life uh, that uh, God's Word talks about. So we understand the sanctity of life, and we can reference verses in regards to that as well. But, uh, you know, it is... Um, uh, I was losing my train of thought there. Oh, uh, but we need to be careful uh, what we put on there because I've seen people put on there, and I've been guilty of this too because I've told you this before. I've gotten mad uh, at an agenda as a whole, and I have uh, responded in kind uh, in the fact that um, you know I, I lump uh, the group together as one and have expressed my anger. Well, when you have individuals reading these comments on social media, they take it personal. They're not seeing it as a as a as a universal comment of an agenda being pushed. They take it as a personal attack. So I've seen some pretty crude things uh, uh, on um, Facebook uh, in regards to um, uh, how people reference homosexuals, uh, using some slang words and terms that uh, you know is going to tick them off. Uh, or uh, and how they respond to abortion. We need to disagree, but we need to do things in a way that is loving and kind, all right? Not agreeing or compromising with the world or sin, but we have to uh, uh, stand our ground to speak the truth in love. That's what it boils down to, is speaking the truth in love, wanting to draw people to the things of Christ, not repelling them, from the things of God. And so that's one thing we an issue that we have to work on because of the reputation the church has uh, has received throughout the years because of those that uh, 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 took advantage, you know, use God's word in the wrong way. Uh, you know, we've got we've got cults, you know, we can't be held responsible for evil men using God's word in the wrong way, you know. And uh, so we can't always paint everything with a broad brush. Uh, but we we've got to have a, a character uh, that is is it will draw people uh, to the things of Jesus Christ, and uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, so you know, the, going back to uh, our original uh, what we we're discussing about young men and talking about reputations, uh, you know, we have to be very careful. And if there's any teenage boys watching this, you've got to uh, be very careful uh, of the reputation you put out there. And uh, a good name is to be had rather than great treasures, as God's Word tells us. So we have to be very careful on how we talk and how we respond, how you treat a young lady. You know, that's one thing I told my son. I said, you, you, uh, when you shake a man's hand, you look him in the eyes, you give him a good, strong, firm handshake. Ain't nothing worse than the dead fish handshake. And he, <laughs> you know, it's like no <laughs> but thank goodness we don't have to shake hands right now with all this going on so but uh you open a car door for a lady you open a door for a lady if somebody's got their hands full you ask them if they need help they drop something you bend down and pick it up uh you show courtesy you show kindness and uh and that's what a, that's what a man does and uh, sadly, we've not had enough young men who've had um, godly fathers in the home to show them and instruct them on how to be g good, godly young men. That, that is the detriment to our society. That's what we're seeing these, these boys out here running around with their pants down underneath their backside. And they'll even, you know, what is even worse about that is not only is do I hate seeing it, a lot of them don't even realize as to why. They're just copying what they saw somebody else do and think it's cool. The reason why that started was in prison to demonstrate their availability to those who might uh, like them. And uh, <laughs> that's where that come from. And these turkeys are too, they don't, too ignorant to even know what that means. And, uh, you know, so, and I think that's why we're seeing these riots. I think that's why we're seeing disrespect to teachers, to police officers, because they wasn't daddies willing to stay home and to, to teach their boys what it was to be, what it's like to be a man. And instead, they wanted they wanted to abandon their families and go play and not grow up. And so, and that was a detriment to those young men out there trying to grow up in a world. And these these single moms trying to do the best they could, uh, trying to work and put food on the table, and trying to play both father and mother. And it made it very very difficult. And I, and and that's such a a sad sad thing uh, uh, that we see out there. So, uh, so uh, young men should be sensible, or I should have self-control, all right? Watch that temper, all right? And, uh, you know, in fact, uh, I think, let's see, it was, uh, uh, oh, what's the verse I was thinking of here? Um, 
Uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me think here. Can you remember if this is the one I'm thinking of or not? Hold on. If you want to look, I think it's Proverbs 16.32, but let me double check here. Proverbs 16.32 is where I'm headed. Let's see if that's the one I'm thinking of. Let's see here. 16.32. Yeah. Uh, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. You know, and whether you're a young man, a young woman, an old man, or a woman of maturity, see how I did this. See how uh, I, I did that in a way that was not offensive. Uh, thank you. I'm very proud. But it is, uh, <laughs> it is, it is hard to control our tempers. It is very difficult. You're talking about being self-controlled, especially for a young man. Uh, you know, I was um, uh, really. I've struggled with my temper throughout a lot uh, throughout the years. I feel in some ways that I have um, done better with it, and then there's other days when uh, I lose it like that and think, "Dang, you know, I was <laughs> here. I thought I was really making some headway with my temper, and then just lose it." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I should act that way." You know, it it is a battle, and uh, it goes back to trying to demonstrate that self control. Sometimes we don't always exhibit that, but that's something area we have to work on. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've explained before why I've, I've wondered why I've had such a bad temper, and, and I think I've kind of got an idea, but um, it's just the fact it's just an area in my life that you know, I had to work on. The old devil wants to use that against me. You know, it also makes me think of, uh, see, I think it was, uh, yeah, Proverbs 25, 7. It says, um, do not remember the sins of my youth, O Lord, all right? And uh, as you get older, you know, you kind of kind of understand that a little more. In fact, if you want to look at that in Psalm uh, 25, 7, I'm sorry, Proverbs 25, 7. Do not remember the sins of my youth, O Lord. Nor, let's see here, 25, 7. Get over here. Uh, Proverbs 25. No, that ain't here. I mean, it was Psalm 25, 7. Hold on here. I am a cotton-headed ninny-muggins today. Let's see. So 25. Get over here. Make sure I'm telling you right. And if I'm not, then we'll blame. Who could I blame? We'll blame. Uh, we'll blame David Feathers. Be always fault. Uh, and I'm joking. Psalms 25:7. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions, according to your steadfast love. Remember me, for the sake of your goodness, O God. You know, as uh, when we're younger. Uh, you know, we may not always uh, care about the sins that we commit. We may not always care about uh, how we uh, treat other people. But um, the older you get, uh, sometimes that plays on your mind, that, that plays on your emotions. And I know for me, you know, at least for me anyway, I kind of have a better understanding as why David prayed that. Remember not the sins of my youth, O Lord. Uh, because um, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. I've done a lot of things that... I hope and pray my kids never find out about. Uh, wife don't find out about. I, I've done some really terrible, evil things, and I um, uh, and I pray, and I know that God has forgiven me. I know that He has, uh, because why? Because we're a new creation, all right, and in Christ Jesus. And when we ask for forgiveness, those are nailed to the cross. It is it is forgiven, and God chooses not to bring those back up again. So I know I'm forgiven. It's the old devil who wants to, to plague the mind uh, to say, look what you did. Remember what you did. Remember what you did. Here, I'm going on 48 years old. Remember what you did when you were 15. <laughs> Remember what you said when you were 18. Remember how you treated uh, uh, this girl when you were 22. Or, you know, it, is, um, uh, you know, it plays on my mind. And I um, uh, and I'm like I, I still this day I'm like even though I don't forgive and I'm still like oh Lord please please I'm sorry I wish I hadn't done that you know and uh, that's just that weak area the devil wants to to nail you on you know I, it's kind of weird uh, as the older you get it seems like the more you recall uh, when you were younger and it always seems to be the things you recall is the things you wish you could forget you know I don't know about you but that's how I feel and um, so I can understand that. Please don't remember them, those sins of the past, Lord. Help me to, to do better, and that's all we can do. So if you're if you're plagued with those uh, those feelings of regret, uh, just give it to the Lord. Let it go, man. Just let it go. But uh, so now, likewise, you're meant to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. Now, 
looking at this here, we are looking at um, uh, not, the example of godliness. Okay, I'll get out here in a second. That example of godliness. And, he, and he's really, Paul's really turning from uh, the younger men and, and looking more towards Titus. And Titus was probably in his early 30s as he was starting out the ministry. So Paul's trying to explain to him some things that he needs to be aware of and work on. Uh, you know, I um, regretfully uh, lived in the world uh, throughout my 20s. You know, I, uh, I tried hard to, uh, to live for the Lord. Uh, at least I felt like I did. I know I could do it a whole, a whole lot better if I'd been a little more selfless uh, in my teens. But, um, but when my, my best friend Lance died of cancer, he was like my brother. All right? he, uh, uh, we were very close. And when he died, I'm ashamed to say that I got mad at God and I um, uh, just got in the world and just got stupid. Uh, and I, I regret that. Oh, my gosh, I regret that with all my heart. Uh, and I've paid a heavy toll and heavy price as a result of that, I, I feel like. I mean, of course, by God's grace, it could have it been a whole lot worse. But uh, I do feel like I paid a certain amount of a price for that. But, I, um, uh, but it was in my 30s is when I come to, into the ministry. And I uh, praise God uh, for the godly father that I have. And I praise God that um, he uh, uh, was a pastor who had the experience uh, to guide me uh, because I, you know, I had so many questions. Uh, even when I um, uh, first went into uh, my undergraduate work, uh, there were things that uh, you know I was still trying to learn. See, a lot of people put a lot of pressure uh, in the sense that they 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 try to treat me like I was at the spiritual level my dad was at, which I was far far still far from. And um, and also that I had the same kind of knowledge. So they come up and throw these questions at me, and I'm like. I don't know, you know what, and they look at me like you idiot, which I'm pretty much used to, but um, you know, but I praise God that He was there to guide me. And there were things that even in seminary that they were teaching, that um, I thought, oh man, you know, that sounds good, and, and for whatever, it's just about it's just Lord really, that somehow He'd come in the conversation. And Dad'd be like, whoa, what'd you say? And I'd be like, you know, I, I, I repeat what I was learning. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, no, that is that is wrong. That's a dis dispensational outlook, and you know, and He try He try to redirect me and. And, uh, and reformed thinking, and I uh, so I praise God that He was there to show me how to do funerals, how to do weddings, how to do counseling, how to do these kind of things. Directed me to books to read, and and, and gave me and was patient with me because I, uh, like I said, I was in my thirties, uh, just like Titus here, uh, that um, when I started out the ministry, and I, it was uh, uh, it was very scary, and it's uh, it was very difficult to stand up from all those people because I you know I told you before I felt like all those people knew every sin everything that I've done I knew some of these people and uh, I was so embarrassed and when I got up there to talk I would talk yeah, yeah. he's like speak up I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was I was scared to death you know and uh there's been times I sit and just read uh a lesson there and uh, and sadly there's a lot of people that left because they didn't like the way uh that I was uh uh doing teaching and preaching and uh and really I don't blame them I mean it was uh I doubt anybody got anything out of it, and it's been a been a long road. It really has, but I praise God uh, that um, I have a father uh, that's still alive and one that was willing and help and, and patient with me uh, to show God's grace and direct me. And still, every day, I seek out His wisdom uh, and guidance uh, in a lot of things, particularly in regarding to those things of the church. So. We see here that uh, young church leaders, you know, uh, uh, that uh, uh, they must show themselves to be an example of good deeds. All right, so when we look at that. Good deeds are only done in accordance and obedience to God's word. That's the only way that we can show those good deeds, to show that kindness, to show that love, to show that patience, to show those things uh, is by oh, adhering to the things of God. And it's, it's not always easy. You know, again, you know, we read these things in God's Word. And we read, like I was telling you about, we was reading the, um, uh, uh, the outline uh, of the qualifications of an elder. Obviously, you'd have to be perfect uh, to live up to each and every one of those, um, uh, those areas. But it is a guide. It's something that for us to live up to. Uh, it's, you know, and it's not, again, we don't have excuses to say, well, you know, hey, it's just a guide. God knows I can't make it and just go do whatever. No. Uh, 
just the opposite. You should try and work that much harder uh, to do those things that God wants you to do. So, and that's God's word. Uh, even though it's a guide, we must strive to do those things every day. And that's why we can see this here, uh, to be example of good deeds. You know, our opening scripture was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And we look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I think it's important, even though we read 2, 8, 9, to include 10, because it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him, that we should not should walk in them. All right, so we don't do good works as a result of, uh, uh, well, that's going to earn my entrance into heaven. And uh, uh, that's what I, you know, uh, something you feel like you have to do and, uh, because you think it's going to look good in front of people. No, you do good works uh, as a result of our, our faith, as a result of our walk with Jesus Christ. And as a result, we want to please God. And, and by pleasing God, we want to do those good things that we know will honor Him and that will make Him happy and that will make Him proud. It, it is kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a side product, if you will, uh, of our salvation and, and the fact that we, where we have placed our hand, that nail-scarred hand, and we want to do those things. Just like I told you before, you know, I want to do things that please my earthly father because I want to make him happy. I don't want to do stuff that's going to hurt him or disappoint him. Well, you know, if I have that kind of love for my earthly father, we should have exponentially more love for the heavenly father and we want to do those things that please him and i think that for those who are really trying to walk with the lord you know when we mess up i think that's why we beat ourselves up that much more because uh that conviction of sin and we're like you know we want to please god so much you know i think it goes very back to the things that the apostle paul says why is it the things i don't want to do i do but the very things i want to do i don't do you know that's the way it feels like sometimes is you know god i want to please you i want to do your work and here i mess up every single day it's just you know, but that's a part of that sin-filled life, and you know that's why you know when you mess up and sin, you ask for forgiveness. God is faithful to just forgive you of those sins, but the battle doesn't stop there because the old devil's right there saying, "Look what you did! Look what you said! Look how you acted! Look at you know!" And you're supposed to call yourself a Christian, you know, or or in my case, you're supposed to call yourself a pastor, you know. So the old, the battle doesn't stop. Uh, it continues on after you have sinned uh, to uh, to throw that guilt on you that much more. But that's why we, we strive to do those good things of God because we want to honor Him. We want to please Him. And uh, that is my goal every day. So please help me to please you. Even though I know I'm going to fail. You know, I, I fail every day. I, I mess up earlier today. I'll mess up after this uh, teaching is done. And it's just part of it. But, uh, hey, that's a great thing to know. We're not alone. And that's, that's one good thing. As Christians, we can build each other up. Stone sharpen stone. Praise God for that. And uh, so keep that in mind. And as you, are, uh, as you, as you start the new day, that uh, to have that, um, not only for church leaders, but for those of us, uh, for, the, for Christians in general, uh, to do those good deeds. Uh, it's a stark contrast to what we read in uh, chapter 1, verse 16, in regards to uh, false teachers and what they were doing and saying. So we see that there. Um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, young church leaders must be pure in doctrine. All right. That, when we look at that um, uh, pure in doctrine, that we're teaching truth. Uh, of, of God's word you know it is uh, what God's word says may not always be uh, uh, in agreement with what culture may say and in fact 99.9% .9 of the time God's word is always going to be in contradiction uh, with what where culture is at and what it's saying that's why we see that in uh, the emergent church uh, that we see uh, that that truth is relative that it is a uh, uh, that in fact, that what they want to focus on is more of um, uh, more deeds over doctrine or or theology, rather. Uh, that is better to uh, behave in a certain way than to believe in a certain way. Does that make sense? And uh, that's not right. Uh, we should, at our core, have that uh, that strong theological belief uh, in God's word. That should be our foundation, and as a result of that, that it produces those good characters. It produces those fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, uh, that uh, that's where, you know, because of where our belief and our convictions are at in the things of God, rooted in the truth of God. And, you know, so, it, you know, when you see these kind of how people have, have whitewashed 
Christianity and uh, uh, this milk toast belief, uh, this uh, you know this wavering way of, of Christianity is wrong. That's why we have to be pure uh, in the doctrine. We have to be pure in the things of God that we're speaking the truth. And like I say, people are not are not going to be receptive. They don't want to hear the truth of God, and they and as a result, they will attack you. But it, but God's word. What does God's word tell us? That they will hate you for my name's sake because they hated me first. They hated the things of God, they hated the things of Jesus, and they're going to hate you. And that's the problem with so many Christians. You've heard me say this before, that so many Christians want that affirmation from those in the world. Why? All we should want is to please the Heavenly Father. Who gives a rodent's backside to what everybody and anybody else in this world thinks about you? Who cares? What we need to care about is the eternal and care about the things of God. And that's where our heart, our minds needs to be. Again, going back to Christian character, we have to show that character in our actions, our thoughts, our word, our deed, and all that we do. You know, there was a, uh, an illustration I read one time where a uh, pastor had been preaching uh, about honesty and preaching about integrity and, and uh, at a revival. Well, the next day, uh, he was getting on a bus, and uh, he gave the, uh, the driver a, a dollar bill, and as he's going back to his seat, uh, he was counting his change, and the driver gave him 10 cents too much. Well, a lot of people might have thought, ah, that's nothing, and probably put it in their pocket, and I thought twice about it. But uh, he knew that it was wrong. See, I, and, and that would bother me, too, I'll be honest with you. And uh, he went back up there, and he said, uh, hey, you gave me 10 cents too much. And the bus driver said, yeah, I know. He said, I was at your revival last night, and he said, uh, I never really thought much of Christians and pastors he said I wanted to test you to see what you would do and he said I thought if you did the right thing I would come back and so for 10 cents the man gave his life over to Jesus Christ but you know it is um, uh, and I had that happen to me before now, I don't know that they knew who I was or I was being tested by that individual but I was being tested in the sense that I was at a gas station and uh, this is long before I met my wife, but I um, uh, we got gas uh, and um, I went to get my change to come back. And the guy gave me like $10 too much. He's talking about 10 cents. This cat gave me like $10 too much. And uh, I went back in there. I said, hey, man, I'm sorry that you, you gave me too much change. And he's like, oh, thank you. He said, no, not many people would have done that. And uh, But, you know, that was the right thing to do. Uh, but it's hard to... Uh, a lot of people want to justify things, you know, say, well, they wouldn't miss it, you know, that kind of situation. But we have to be upright. We have to show that integrity. We have to show that honesty in all areas of life, no matter how small. I don't care if it's 10 cents uh, or if it's one cent. We need to make sure that we are, are, are demonstrating that character of God. Um, let's see here. Uh, a young church leader must be dignified. All right, we're talking about, uh, about the... Uh, uh, about not only being pure and not corrupted, but talking about pure doctrine is to be uh, communicated. Uh, you know, we look at God's Word, and He talks about uh, in regards to our communication and how that um, we need to uh, make sure that we're not doing any kind of coarse gesturing. You know, we're not telling the dirty jokes. We're not uh, doing things that are not glorifying unto God. That we are being serious about the things of God. Now, listen, I, you know as well as I do, I like to joke. And I like to clown around. Now, sometimes I do a little too much. I've even there's been times I've gotten done speaking. I told Dad like, man, I, I joked around too much, and he'd be like, oh yeah, you might have joked around. You know, you should have cooled it a little bit after a certain point. Uh, you know, I like to make people laugh. I really do. It makes me happy. And so sometimes when I see people laughing, I get on a, you know, uh, tangent there and want to keep doing it. But the thing of it is, um, <clears throat> I want to make the things of God uh, important and that uh, and serious. I like to joke, but when it comes to God's word, I want to make you know make sure people understand how serious and important His word is. And uh, you know, of course, when I'm joking around, I'm not making fun of God's word. Obviously, uh, you know, I may be make, making jokes about circumstances. And of course, you all know I love to to torment my wife, my mother-in-law, father-in-law. It makes me uh, happy. Uh, even though in seminary they told me that uh, to never ever uh, stand at the pulpit and make a joke about your wife, but. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> the professor would have to give me an F on that one. I'm sorry, but uh, but my wife and I have talked about it, and she she don't care. And if it bothered her in any uh, way at all, I wouldn't do it. But uh, she says she knows I'm teasing and joking. She thinks it's funny, and so that's why I don't mind to do that. But you know, it has its time and place. 
But when it comes to God's Word, we do have to take that seriously. And we do have to have those moments where the conversation does turn uh, pretty tough. And, uh, you know, it, sometimes I get choked up. And I tell Dad, I'm like, man, I, I feel like a crybaby sometimes I get up there. But, you know, it's just sometimes the Lord, the Holy Spirit uh, comes over me so strong sometimes. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just so overwhelming. Uh, the emotion, uh, it's just feeling God's hand upon you. It's just... Uh, it's, it's, I can't put it into words. I honestly cannot put it into words. It's like nothing I've ever felt in my life. And when that comes over me like that, uh, it is so strong that it's just like, I can't hardly get words out. I really can't. And that happened to me, um, uh, gosh, what, uh, two, three, four weeks ago, I guess. Uh, it was one of the last time I was up there preaching. Uh, when, and uh, I think, yeah, I think Dad was there that Sunday. Yeah, that's when I was doing that continuation of my study. Uh, and uh, and that Sunday I got really uh, really choked up for whatever reason. So we so leaders must be um, uh, uh, pure in their communication. Uh, younger church leaders must be sound in speech, which which is beyond reproach. And uh, in fact, you can look at uh, Ephesians four twenty nine, Ephesians five three through four, and look at that. Uh, the result of such godly examples uh, is that the enemy will put to shame having nothing bad to say about us. All right. Now, what he, what Paul's talking about in that instance is uh, he was talking about the ringleaders of false teachers that was giving uh, uh, Titus a hard time. And, you know, there's always going to be, uh, we need to live a character, a life, and to, to a point to where it should make those who hate us ashamed, that they have no reason, no arsenal to come after us with. Uh, you know, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to claim to be a pastor or a Christian, you're going to homosexual bars, then, uh, you know, that ain't going to work. If you're uh, knee-deep in uh, problems with pornography or extramarital affairs or things like that, man, you know, you need to, uh, in trying to claim that you're a good family man, well, then there's, there's, there's something wrong there, too. But um, uh, we're always going to be attacked uh, by those in the world because they do hate us. But we need to live a life in such an uh, exemplary way uh, that, it, that our character is beyond that reproach. There, that is nothing that they can uh, come back at us at. In fact, when they try, they are ashamed uh, for trying to do those things. So that we have to live in a, in a very godly way. Now, when we look here uh, in verse, uh, verse 9, okay, says bond servants or slaves uh, are to be submissive to their own masters and everything they are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Now, we're looking at uh, this, and it, even though it's talking about um, bond servants or, or slaves, if you will, I'm sorry, something is eating me up. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had an itch. I couldn't resist. All right, it is um, uh, talking about slaves. All right, now remember, I'm going to go through the whole history of, of slavery. Uh, of course, there is uh, racial slavery, which you know has got our country divided right now. Which, for the life of me, I don't know why. You know, like I said, that was bad. That was wrong. That had you know, that was that was in, in our past. In fact, they should be celebrating how far America has come, that we've gone beyond uh, those things. And, thank, and thanks to the civil rights movement and, and, and all these things, that people are treated equally, uh, you know, and, and in no other place in the world can men and women achieve uh, the goals and, uh, and their dreams um, as they do here in this country. It should be celebrated that uh, there's no longer that oppression, no longer that. I mean, yes, discrimination does happen. And in uh, rare instances, but for the most part, man, it's you know we, we have that freedom. But what biblical uh, what we're talking about in this particular time and place in history uh, is, uh, of course, one in the um, Old Testament we see where they were purposely put into slavery, uh, but it was in a sense to be taken care of, uh, even doctors, lawyers. So they 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 were put into that position, so they they didn't have to really worry about much. Uh, in this case, we see that a lot of times when, say, Rome, for example, took over an area, uh, they automatically became uh, uh, the slaves to the victors. And uh, so it was still uh, not like you think in, as regards to racial slavery, you know, when you think of scourgings and whippings and hangings and mistreatment. And I'm sure mistreatment happened. I mean, I'd say I'm sure it wasn't just a benevolent society. You know, I'm sure they gave them a hard time and, and was tough on them. But one thing God's Word is talking about here is the master and the slave are equal or on equal footing. And you can actually see that uh, in Colossians 
uh, no, wait a minute, let's see, Galatians uh, 3.20, let me get over here and read that real quick, Galatians 3.20, well, get over here, Galatians 3, verse 20, uh, it says, now in intermediary implies more than one, but God is one, uh, I don't think that's the verse I was looking for, No, I don't think that's the verse I was looking for. Uh, hmm. I swore it was Galatians 3.20. Well, anyway, um, you get what I'm talking about anyway, is that um, it's driving me crazy. I hate that. When I get a verse of my mind, I can't think of what it is. But anyway, um, let me look at Colossians 3. Hold on. That's driving me crazy. Colossians, let me look at that. May I ask what I, I said uh, Galatians, but maybe it was Colossians. Look over here in a second. Let's see here. Um, it's applicable to our topic, um, but it's not still not what I was looking for. But Colossians 3, 22 through 24 says, Bond servants obey in everything those who are in your earthly masters, not by way of eye service of people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving Lord you're serving the Lord Christ. So, still applicable, but it's still not the verse I was trying to think of. But here's the thing. That was talking about that particular place, time, and history. And that uh, they needed to uh, show, uh, when they went to work, or, well, in general, let's just put it that way, okay? That uh, this, that's talking about slaves, that's talking about bond service. But even as us, as Christians, when we go to work, we need to make sure we're doing it as unto the Lord. That's why I keep trying to tell my kids, work as if you're working unto the Lord. Even if the boss is nasty. That's like my son. He used to talk about his boss can get kind of smart with him sometimes. And I've wanted to uh, go down there and, and have a close face-to-face -face talk with him. <laughs> but my son won't let me. But it is, um, uh, you know, even if somebody's kind of hard on you, you still work as if you're working for the Lord. Some people work hard because they want promotion. Uh, they, they want that recognition. That's fine and good. But make sure you're working as if you're working into the Lord. You're working hard. You're not cutting corners. You're not wasting company time. You're not just hanging out with your buddies. And, and, and it's easy to want to do those things. You get relaxed. You know, I've been there. You know, you kind of know what you can get away with, what you can't. And, and depending on if you have more than one supervisor, usually there's one that's really lax. They don't care what you do. They usually have another one that's so rigid that, uh, you know, you're walking on eggshells. Don't know what's going to set them off the next time. But, um, but that you are, uh, uh, that you're, you're giving your all to the things of Christ. And that's really what this is referring to right here in, uh, in this passage uh, is that, um, uh, let's see, get back over here. Uh, okay, to be submissive to their own masters in everything. All right, so we are to do what our bosses tell us unless uh, they're asking us to do something ungodly, uh, something that is wrong. They're asking us to cheat, steal, or something like that. Then uh, obviously that's an area that we, uh, uh, we have to tell them no. Uh, but uh, they're well-pleasing, not argumentative. You know, you got some employees who just want to mouth off. Uh, you know, we need to show that uh, that respect, even though they don't deserve it. Again, we're doing it for Jesus. We're, we're working as if we're working to the Lord, not for them. And um, argumentative, not pilfering, we're stealing or embezzling. You know, you see that a lot uh, happening in, in uh, different workplaces. But showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn. All right, when you see that adorn, that's a reference to uh, well, reference to makeup. That's where you get the word makeup uh, to uh, to beautify. Uh, to and so um, uh, to beautify. Well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and um, uh, well, where's that here? It may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So. Uh, so we see that there. We're to be trustworthy. We're to be a godly example. And we are adorned the doctrine of God, our Savior, in everything, in every respect. We are to put on the things of God. We are to show that, demonstrate that in every area and aspect of our life, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. But when we're at work, we apply this here particularly, uh, that we're showing reverence, we're showing self-control, and we're working hard and diligently and showing God in, in everything that we do. So make sure that we are... Um, cinnamon.
Sorry, my dog's trying to get out. <laughs> Make sure that you are uh, trying to uh, uh, showing that self-control, that you're being respectful, you're being reverent, that you're demonstrating the things of God. And uh, that's what, you know, this, the whole thing we've been talking about here is showing that Christian character, the beauty of God within us. Make sure you're demonstrating that each and every day. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us demonstrate that proper character. Help us to work hard. Help us to do what is right in your eyes. Let us serve you well. Lord, let us be self-controlled. And, uh, uh, Lord, just let us um, be the men and women you've called us to be. And for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and protect us. We meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys and gals for watching this evening. Lord willing, we'll get together tomorrow morning at 6.15 for our devotion. And uh, we'll be meeting at the church from uh, physical church from 10, I'm sorry, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at 118 Julie Lane. And then online services only on Sunday night at 6 p.m. Wednesday night at 7. Hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for watching and God bless.